Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, aka MFKS Radio, on the airwaves dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who are ready to add some fuel to the fire. The Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. Yes. Yes. That's a swish. That is a swish. I was going to high five, but then I remembered you weren't here, so. Ah. Uh, don't remind me. Um, so it's Sunday night. Mm-hmm. I'm watching, uh, The Flames and The Coyotes on my television. Yeah, my husband's watching that downstairs, too. Um, isn't it nice at your place now, and now you have, like, separate levels? It is. And the separation of space is lovely. Yeah, I can imagine. Which is why like, whenever I, like, find out that someone, like, lives in a loft or whatever, I'm like, how do you do that? Yeah, I don't like that either. They're too noisy. But also, like, how do you get any space to yourself? Uh huh. You know? Too noisy, too open. Yeah. Don't like it. No. Oh my god, I have no reason to be tired, but here I am. <sighs> Talking through a yawn. Um, that's okay. We're all about high quality here. It's true. In this dumpster that we live in. Oh, it's so cozy and warm. Okay, let's, let's talk about um, Vice, because you saw it within the last week. I did. And I feel like I now, talked about it last week, or the week before. I'm going to try not to be spoilery, because you're right, there is like a twist with the narrative structure that I saw coming a mile away, but still like scared the shit out of me and every single person in the theater. Okay. Uh, so we'll dodge that. And I said to you before, I was so upset after the movie. I was, like, seething. I was, like, clutching my hands into, you know, the Arthur meme. Mm-hmm. And I was just, like, we're in the car, and my husband was driving us back home, and I was just like, fuck! <laughs> like, just, Jesus like, I was just so angry. So I'd rather not talk about the content because the... Because Dick is a war criminal, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, and and that type of injustice, like, makes me so uncomfortable. Like, that... The audacity that comes with corruption, it just... It drives me fucking insane. So we're gonna dodge that. Okay. I would like to talk and ask you what you thought about each of the actors in the film. Sure. So, um, let's start with Amy Adams. Um, she's great in pretty much everything. Uh-huh. I really liked, actually, I liked her probably best in the beginning, when, like, before they were married. The young Yeah. Lynn. When she's like, get your shit together. Yes, like, I loved that. Me too. I thought it was really powerful. I liked the flashbacks that she had to, like, her upbringing and where her own sense of um, determination came from. Yes. I thought that was really neat. Yeah, and and I think that that kind of gave some insight a little bit into, like, Lynn Cheney as a person. Uh Uh-huh. A little bit, because, like, you know, with all of these, these... people you generally don't know much about the spouse 
Like, you know, you know enough to know that, like, their name, you know, probably where they were from, because it gets mentioned, right, in election campaigns and all that kind of, but you don't really know anything about them. Um, and, you know, I don't know how much of this is, like, super true or whatever. Um, but, you know, I, but I, I feel like also there's some information there that, like, I never would have known otherwise. For sure. Like, what happened with her parents? Yeah, like, things like that, because I don't, you know, it would have just been kind of, it's out there, I guess, but I would have never looked for it. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, I just googled, how true is the Vice movie? And there's a lot of articles. I'm gonna go to Slate, because I feel like they're a pretty um, reputable website. Um, So, yeah, I think Amy Adams did a good job. I was really impressed with how they did the progression of her makeup as she aged. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really subtle and looked realistic, whereas sometimes when you get like the old people makeup it's just like okay well you're not a corpse you're not a wizard who's 500 years old like calm your shit yeah but she looks pretty pretty legit uh what do you think about steve carell as freaking donnie boy donald rumsfeld i felt like that was a miscast really i i thought he did really well at times and then there was other times where I was like, oh, this is just Michael Scott with gray hair. See, I thought it was more um, Brick from Anchorman. Yeah, maybe. But I, it just felt like like there were parts of what he did that was that were that was fine, right? Like he was just fine. Um, but then, yeah, then there were moments where I was just like, I was so I was like taken right out of it. Because I was looking at him, you know, as a, as a character that I've seen on TV or whatever, right? And I was just like, no, I can't. I'm not buying this. I thought the introduction of him at the, like, interns meeting was good. Because he was, like, he was so brash and he was so inappropriate. Yeah, but that reminded, do you know what that reminded me of? I, I liked it too, but do you know what it reminded me of? Was that episode of The Office in, like, season five when Michael and Pam go on that, like, speaking tour? Right. And he walks Where in. she throws the candy. Yeah, and he walks in and he's, like, trying to remember people's names and, like, makes up these fake mnemonic devices and stuff. Like, there was that, an element of that almost, like, theater of the absurd to it. Uh-huh. That, like, just because of the, the other characters that he's played, I found myself a little distracted by that. A bit too much overlap for you. Yeah. I thought what could have made it more impactful was seeing more of the negative side of Rumsfeld. Yes. Like, because he's just kind of, he's this dude who kind of shows Cheney the ropes, and they should have, the one thing that they didn't really bring back is that um, Rumsfeld said he's gonna, like, make his DUIs go away. Yeah. And he says, no, you owe me now. Yeah. And it didn't really feel like I I know that he gets him a position later on, but that didn't really feel like that was him giving up something right. in the same way. Right, I agree. So that was a bit of a bummer. and So you didn't really see that, like, 
really negative kind of power hungry side of things that no, like, he had at the start. No, and you almost kind of felt maybe like not sorry for him at the end. Mm-hmm. But like of all of these <laughs> terrible human beings because yeah. he, right and I was like how how do I feel mildly bad for Donald Rumsfeld right now? Was sort of my <laughs> thought. I was like god damn it. Yeah, and that's why it was like it was a strange strange narrative structure because there were times where it wanted you or the film was attempting to insert this sort of pathos with his character and I was like, No, I'm not gonna feel empathetic to this piece of shit. Yeah. Like no way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely not. Like, we've literally seen him do terrible things. The movie opens with him being an absolute dirtbag. Yeah. Like, I... It was bizarre. So I don't know why they... went with that choice, but McKay made a lot of choices that I didn't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What do you think about Christian Bale as Cheney? I think he was great. Like, I, by the yeah. end of it, I forgot that it was him playing him, ultimately. Uh-huh. Um, and part of that, of course, was, like, makeup and that kind of stuff. But, like, I, he's very good at inhabiting a role. And For sure. So he very clearly, like, and he, it's clear that he did his work on, like, speech patterns and facial tics and all that kind of stuff. And, and it once, once you kind of got past, like, once he was Dick Cheney with, like, like balding Dick Cheney with white hair. The white hair, yeah. I was like, yeah, it, I mean, I knew it was Christian Bale. But at the same time, you don't really know that it's Christian Bale. No, you would have no idea. Yeah. Like, I'm just looking at that photo that's when he's talking to Dick and they're eating the chicken wings. Yeah. Or not Dick. Um, <laughs> w? W. Uh, and... I can't see a freaking single inch of Christian Bale on that face. No. Like, it's, it's, I thought he was really impressive. I don't think, I'm curious to see how it's going to work. Like, I know he won the globe. Yeah. But, yeah, well, I don't think the movie has been, like, a lot of critical praise. No, but here's the thing about acting awards, because I know kind of where you're going with this. And every year at the Emmys, when Jim Parsons wins for playing Sheldon Cooper, uh-huh. even though Big Bang is not a great show, and people get mad that he wins, that must be an incredibly fucking hard role to play. For sure, and to play it consistently. Yes, and so and I so I think that sometimes, like, I think sometimes what people forget when they look at those things is they're like, well, I don't like it, so why should it? Why would it win? But they forget okay. sometimes that like that job of acting can be very challenging. That's totally fair. And I that's think totally I think fair. in this case is that's one of those where like the fact that you forget that that's who it is in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like part of it is the fact that he's disguised, right? And he's made up to look quite a lot like him. Um, mm-hmm. His eyes aren't quite as evil. But no, and that's the yeah. But like, it seems but, like he but got that's his face softer. shape. I know, but that's like his face shape. Like, there's not a lot you can do with that, right? But that's like the true. the fact that he had done the work on, like I say, like on those facial tics and on those speech patterns and some of the mannerisms and the way that you know, obviously the way that he sat and held himself in interviews and 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 those kind of things. Like, that's an entire 
that's an immersion into uh-huh. another person. And it's not just, like, a role. It's into a person where there's, like, actual evidence to be like, yes, this is what this person was like. Yeah, and Christian Bale is not somebody to just take her easy and... No. Not do that work. I, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, and so I, like, I thought he was amazing. I thought, yeah, I thought he did a really good job. And, like, even though I didn't want to feel empathy for these characters, he did a good job at selling that. Yes. At his highs and his lows. Yes. God, every time he spoke, though, it was just like, ugh. Like, it just turned me off. Yeah. Because he's just such a dirtbag. Uh, yeah. What do you think about Sam Rockwell as W? I feel like it, that was perfect. Like, I'm not a huge Sam Rockwell fan, but, like, uh, he just had that, like, sort of, that, like, doofy frat boy kind of... Charm. Yeah. It's charm. And that was the thing about George W. Bush that I think that people forget is, like, people were very... Because he, he won that election in, what, 2000? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, like, because I'm just trying to remember how old I was then. Um, you don't want to hear how old I was then. Yeah, I was <laughs> just, I was in grade 12 when that happened. And so, but I remember him being portrayed as this kind of, like, like obviously, sure, his father is the president and whatever, whatever. But I remember him, like, kind of being portrayed out there as, like, this, this down-home, kind of, like, folksy man of the people yeah very much a man of the people and 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 you know people got were deceived by that oh for sure ultimately right but like i remember that very clearly um as being part of part of the way that he was presented in the media and the way that he presented himself in debates and those kind of things um and i mean al gore is also a southerner Uh and does not have you know a tenth of the charm no, I think a lot of people see him as um, elitist. They do, because mm-hmm. he doesn't have that. And I saw so like Sam Rockwell embodied that. They don't. I mean, and they kind of they look enough alike that it works. But like he really embodied that that like you know folksy way of being. Mm-hmm. That I was really impressed. Like, yeah, when they're sitting there, just like you know, sitting there on the ranch, just like having yeah. dinner. Yeah. And there's, you know, sauce everywhere. Like, it's just, like, the, and you're oh, like, yeah. it's so gross. It is. But it's just so, he's so at ease, and he's so comfortable there, you can tell. Yeah. Even though he's like, my dad told me to buy this so that, you know, the Texas voters would be really pleased. But he just seems like, he just seems fine. Yeah. Yeah, I really like Sam yeah, as well. There were certain times where I was just like, fucking hell, mm-hmm. that's not George W. Mm-hmm. Like, it was the makeup on this movie was incredible. I hope it wins all the makeup awards. Oh, it's, oh it was God. so so good. And the the costumes were so good too. You didn't even need the little no, um, uh, like title cards. No, when they changed time because it was so apparent by this light just changes and fashions and things like that. Yeah, it was good. I thought they did a really good job. Who am I missing in the cast? Tyler Perry was uh, surprised because I forgot he was in it. Yeah, I thought he was good as Colin Powell. And it was funny because I I, at first I heard him talk and I was like, is that? I'm like, it is Tyler Perry. Uh-huh. Um, but no, I thought he was great. I thought he was really good. Um, I thought that 
the narrator was amazing. We won't say exactly yes anything more to that. But I had forgotten the thing that you told me, and I was just like, who is that voice? It was driving me crazy. I was like, why does this sound yeah. so familiar? And then I was just like, ugh, Kelsey, you're done. Yeah. Duh. But yeah, I thought that was good, too. And what was really funny at first with it, with um, Cheney's kids, I forgot, like, I, I knew that he had the two daughters. Uh-huh. But when they showed them when they were younger, like, when they were, like, teenagers or whatever, um, and I was like, how is Allison Pill able to be, like, a 16-year-old, but also, like, an adult at the same time? I know. She's so great. I was so happy to see her, because I, I think she's wonderful she oh she's absolutely fantastic but she was just like that when you first sort of see her like when she runs out of the school there or whatever Uh like that was probably the most heartbreaking part of that movie oh i know and Um, i was just like holding my breath because i just felt so bad for her and so then that bit there then later on when uh, his other daughter, Liz, is, like, running for Senate or whatever in Wyoming. Has to make a choice, and yeah. And has to make a choice. Um, that was, that that was, like, the moment where, like, I mean, and sure, I mean, like, Dick Cheney did some terrible, awful, like, terrible things. Uh-huh. But, like, the fact that he ultimately, like, sold one of his daughters out for the other one is, like... It's harsh. It's awful. Yeah, and the only point of it was for political clout. Yeah. And the fact that you throw that away just to get ahead in politics is really disgusting. Yeah, yeah. To do that sort of betrayal. Yeah. I thought she, Alison Pill was wonderful with, like, that whole journey that she goes on and and her whole reaction and how cold... Amy Adams is yes to her afterwards. It yeah. was really good. Yeah, it was very good. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I wanted to talk about with this movie. We were just saying before we hit record that like um, Adam McKay is really good at sarcasm. Uh-huh. It might be the only language he speaks. I don't know. Um, but like the it, the sarcasm and the satire and and there's this like I don't want to give give it away because it's great. But there's this bit in the middle. That's just absolutely fucking brilliant. Yeah, and it's so ridiculous. Oh, I wanted to ask you about your theater-going experience. Okay. What was the demographic like in your showing of Vice? Paint me a picture. Um, I think that it was pretty much, like, people my age and older. I don't... Mm-hmm. I think I was one of the youngest people in there. Yeah. Like, we went out to, to, and also, like, we went on a Sunday afternoon and, you know, whatever. But, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, like, there might have been maybe a couple people in there that were, like, 30, but other than, like, everyone was, like, my age and up. Your age and up, yeah. Yeah. I went on Thursday night to a 7 o'clock show, and Chris and I were the youngest people in there probably by 20 years. Yeah. And a lot of middle-aged ladies in there. Interesting. Just wanting to chat throughout the whole fucking oh. show. And there is nothing I hate more than talking during a film at the theater. Oh, my God. Ugh. And Chris, like, was 
so good. He was just like a minute in. He's like, excuse me, ladies, can you please be quiet? And they like buttoned right up. Good. I was just like, why does this always happen? <laughs> like, I can't go to one goddamn movie where no one's a dick. I don't understand. Well, and it's funny, like, it depends on the movie, right? Like, there are certain films that I think the experience of seeing it in the theater with a bunch of people Uh heightens it. Like, this is very easily a movie that you could watch at home. Oh, for sure. It doesn't need a big screen, because it's not an action movie. It doesn't have those, like, sweeping, like, you know, exterior shots. no. And stuff like that. But, like... I think that's so, so it, to me, like, you know, I mean, I get annoyed when people talk in movies too, don't get me wrong, but I feel like certain films, like, lend themselves better to that kind of thing. This was not one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, when I went to see, like, Snakes on a Plane, it was just chatter through the whole thing, and it was amazing. Right. There's no and possible way that I'll ever be able to replicate that experience, right? Because... Because. You're just, you're living it. It's almost like a theater. Yeah. Experiential. Everyone's having it all together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I went to the next day. I was like, holy fuck, I need a goddamn, I need a happy movie in my life. So I went to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Oh my god, Megan. That movie is literal perfection. That's what I keep hearing. I just haven't had time. I will, we have exams coming up, so I might uh, maybe venture away from work right at 3.30 one day and go watch a movie. Just go hit it up. Yeah. Yeah, it is, like, stunning visually. The voice acting is astounding. The directing is so good. And the soundtrack is, like, better than Black Panther's soundtrack. Nice. It was so... And it was just, like, different demographic. A lot of young people. It was a Saturday afternoon. And... So the reactions are different. And those I'm fine with because, like, that's what it wants you to do. Yes. Like, the film wants you to react with it and vocalize the, oh, wow, and, like, the giggles and the no's or whatever. Not to be like, oh, that's Dick Cheney, right? Oh, was he? Mm, You know what? I'm not so sure. You know who I thought he looked like? Those conversations are not appropriate in the movie theater. Yeah. No, I agree. So just always go see kids' movies. <laughs> well, yeah, and if you go see a kids' movie and there's children in it, you can't be mad when they talk because there's children there. No, and they're they're just they're just joyful, right? Yeah. yeah. And they're not intending to disrupt anyone. No, no, they're just there doing their thing. Yeah, and um, it made me very happy, which is what I wanted to do because Vice was incredibly depressing. It really was. It really, really was. Ugh, like, I just, I don't even want to think about it anymore. Um, and so, like, I would say that it felt, well, just the way that it was made, and just, like, this is sort of my last sort of comparison, it felt a lot to me like Burn After Reading. Like, um... in the way that it's made, and, like, sort of in the way that it tells the story, because, like, yeah, sure, it's telling this story that, like, you know, is more or less as true as they can make it, but it had those, like, moments, and some of their weird cuts, like, jump cuts between scenes and stuff just made it feel like that kind of like mm-hmm. you know that absurd and maybe it was, and I mean I'm, I feel like it was very intentional to be like look at how absolutely fucking batshit crazy all of this was 
Yeah, but I think the I think it was almost too real because at times it was really boiled down to like way too much political nitty gritty for maybe a casual viewer, mm-hmm. and I think that took away the absurdism and kind of whimsy that burn after reading has yes like it's it's a dark comedy sure yeah but you're supposed to you're supposed to enjoy it whereas vice is made to piss you off yeah and And Shane even talks to you at the end and justifies himself yeah and you're like what the fuck yeah no like this is this is none of this is right well and in certain ways too it kind of felt like like there was moments like you say where it reminded me of burn after reading and then there were moments where i felt like it was a lot like black klansman absolutely in that way that it was chris at the end it's all text no subtext yeah it's just beating you over the head with this thing that you need to be mad about uh-huh. And, and I'm glad that we need to be mad about it. Like, that's, you know, that's fine. But it's uh-huh. just like, oh, by, by the way, if you weren't angry already, here's one more thing to be mad about. Oh, would you like to know another thing? Mm-hmm. We don't, we shouldn't need more than one. That's the problem. Yeah. And yet. But, yeah, and yet. <laughs> and yet. But I'm 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 glad I saw it because I think it's important to mm-hmm. um, absorb media that makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. But I'm just gonna fill my life with happy things for the next little bit. Yeah. So well, as to not be absorbed by the depression. Well, I mean, like the world is on fire. So what difference? You know. Gotta- yeah. Gotta just keep watching uh, those Brooklyn Nine-Nine episodes. <laughs> always joy, always. Did you watch the new one, by the way? No, I'm not caught up. Okay. I don't, like, I have this really bad habit of, as you, as I told you, just, like, forgetting that live TV exists. And, like, I've recorded things, and I'm like, oh, right, I should get to that. And then it just doesn't happen in my day. Yeah. I will, eventually. Yeah, it was good. But I've heard it was great. I super enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun. It was lots of fun. Did it feel different, or did it have the same energy switching over to NBC? It's exactly the same. Excellent. Yeah, it feels like it's nothing's changed. The credits are the same. Like, nothing has changed. Cool. They've still, like, they they haven't changed, like, the, the early shots from, like, season one of the characters in the credits, and... They're still all in the same order. You know, like, it's nothing has changed. I was curious as to whether or not their budget would change. I'm not sure. I haven't read anything about that. But if the show felt exactly the same, then then I'm sure it's par. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's been, it's, it's good. And I, I, like, I super, super, super enjoyed it. Okay, good. It was lots of fun. And, like, That's I got great. home from work on... Because it was on on Thursday. Uh-huh. Um, and, like, the PVR that I have, you can just set, like, your series recordings or whatever, but you can also set your sports. Uh-huh. And so... And, and it doesn't stop. So anytime there's a new Brooklyn Nine-Nine, mine will just record it. Yeah, for And, sure. like, the earliest time on the day that it airs when it's a new episode in HD. Like, I can set it for all these different parameters. And so uh-huh. I knew it was on. I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot to record it. And then I got home... And I was like, oh, magical. That's right. I hadn't deleted that command, ultimately. So I, like, I came home from work 
quite late because I was at work late and then I went to mom and dad's to finish some marking because I knew if I came home I would like sit down on the couch and no I would just sit down on the couch and fall asleep immediately um because you know how it goes and uh so I got home finally about 11 o'clock and then I watched it I was like okay good a half hour show and then then I'll go to bed uh and then I watched it and then fell asleep on the couch (laughs) and woke up of course and woke up at six it was great um but no, it was it was a nice like it was a nice way to end a day like to end a long day. Mm-hmm. It was oh, for very sure. satisfying. You gotta have those like in especially in that job and in like really tough emotionally draining yeah jobs like that and like the other ones out there you oh you gotta get that daily joy in or you're just gonna fucking die. Yeah. Do you have that Buzzfeed thing that you were talking about before? I do, yeah. Let's do that right now, and then let's talk about it Okay, so over the weekend, a viral Reddit thread asked high school teachers, what's the one thing you want your students to know that you never tell them in person? Ooh, okay. I've So I don't know any of these things. No, so it's essentially just a list with, like, GIF reactions. You all know what BuzzFeed is. Um, but with each one, we're, like, just say, like, agree, disagree. Okay. Uh, so the first one is, yes, I put you in a group with a kid you have a crush on intentionally. I'm stuck here with you 180 days of a year. I want to see some drama. 100% yes. For me, it's like a 50-50. If I like the kid, I'll for sure try to do that. But if they're like a shit disturber, I'm just like, no. That's fair, yeah. But it's uh, definitely a thing that we do. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then, yeah, you you make it happen. And then there's like... You know, you have those kids that you talk to in your classroom, and you're just like, so, what's up with so-and-so? Mm-hmm. I'm dating. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, number two, your parents are literally the worst part of my job. Agree. Yeah, it can be. My least favorite thing tough. to do is contacting parents. It sucks. I did it, like, the absolute minimal, and yeah. there's things that I didn't contact parents about that yeah. I 100% should have, and I was just like... Just can't deal with it today. Yep. Uh, yep. Agreed. Hard pass. Uh, number three, the weed smell doesn't magically disappear between the parking lot and my classroom. Mm-hmm. Or in our case, um, we know that you're vaping in the bathroom. We're not stupid. Yeah. No. Uh, number four, if your parents email a teacher and argue with them, the whole staff knows. Uh, more or less, yeah. Maybe not the whole staff, but... It doesn't stay with the teacher, I would say. No, it's like your. Sometimes it's like your department. Sometimes it's wider than that. But that's usually because we're just like, this is what's happening. Can you like? Can you take a look at this reply email I want to send? Yes. <laughs> just like yeah, exactly. To make sure that I'm not going to say something that I'm going to get fired over. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And then there's also just like, ugh, you will not fucking believe what Mark's father did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number five, we have much better hearing than you assume. We just choose our battles as it pertains to inappropriate comments. Yes. Absolutely. I hear everything. I just don't care. Um, I will quash when my kids swear because they always think they can get away from it with it. And I'm like, uh, who said that? And they're like, how did you hear that? And I was like, guys, I have like, I have like ninja ears. I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. Or they're like, oh, like... Um, are we going to party at Greg's house on Saturday? Who's bringing the booze? And I'm just like, you guys are 16 and I'm right here. 
Can you not? I, I will see. I don't say things like that. I'll be like, who's taking boots to Greg's house? What? Yeah, and they're sure. they're like, uh, uh, uh. I mean, I was like, that's exactly what I thought you said. Be quiet. Yeah. Uh, Do we need to start a fund for him to get some shoes? Like, what's? I yeah. love it when you play it like super innocent. Yeah, there's. Know what, and then they're like, well, we can't explain to you what <laughs> what we were saying. So then the conversation just dies awkwardly. Oh fuck! I love awkward silence. It is good. It's really good. My and my favorite is when they'll like when when they'll swear like lots of times like I'll be at my computer doing something and my kids will be working on something and you know or I'm helping a kid up at the front or at their desk and I hear something and I'll be like what was that and then the kid will repeat what they said but like without the swear like that's uh-huh. what I thought you said and they always are surprised that I've heard them yeah and I don't ridiculous. under like I don't know why at the end of a semester they're still surprised you know what it's because I fucking suck at whispering Megan yeah, but, like, I heard you the last time you said a dumb fucking thing, and the time before that, and the 900 <laughs> times before that. Why is this a goddamn surprise to you now? The fucking pencil sharpener is in the corner. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and also, like, just fucking text your friend. I don't want to hear it. Yes. I don't want to hear it. Yes. Like. <laughs> or, like, I know you're not paying attention because nothing in this class is that funny, and you're laughing really hard. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm like, well I, aware. I know I'm pretty good, but I'm not that good. Yeah. Number six, if I know your name by the third day of a new school year, that means you're probably an asshole. No, I like to learn kids' names right away. And me too. And I'm, I, like, I hate not knowing them. That's, like, my other superpower other than the hearing, is, like, if I don't know their names by the end of, like, day three or four, I feel like I failed. Yeah, Absolutely. Seven, yelling fuck in the hallways doesn't make you a badass. Teachers are yelling fuck in their heads all day long. Oh, so true. Yeah. (laughs) Number eight. (laughs) I'm always shocked that, like, because I'm a potty mouth here and in real life, and I really wasn't in my classroom either. But I'm, like, so proud of that, like, unconscious division between professionalism and unprofessionalism, let's be real. Uh, number eight. My students are the reason why I'm second-guessing having my own kids. No. That I already knew a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, it's more like reinforcing. Why? It's just like, ugh. I, also, I did like, have a conversation. Also, like, how would you ever pick a name? I did, oh, pff. So I've been teaching, whatever, because I started teaching swimming when I was 17. So I've been teaching for, like, 18 years. Mm-hmm. And if I were to ever have a child, their name would not be Jordan. That is an ab- <laughs> doesn't matter, boy. Gr- no, no Jordans allowed. That is no. Fascinating. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's because of a kid I taught at the pool actually, and not someone from school. And then when I went over to uh, the school that was beside the pool that I worked at, he was in grade eleven. And he was in one of my classes, and I pulled him into the hallway on the first day, and I said, if you have not grown up since the last time I saw you at the pool, I'm kicking you out of this class, and I'll find somewhere else for you to be. And that was day one, and we were fine. Good. Yeah. But fuck. Yep. You just don't want to have those conversations that early. I did have a, a conversation with a coworker who made some comment that, like, he, I can't remember. I can't remember what he had said, but he basically said that like if he was gonna have kids, that, that like maybe teaching has put him off by like ten years. Yeah. For and sure. I was like, okay, yeah, I could see that. 
Come on, please stop drooling and vaping in the classroom. That's what the bathrooms are for. Or just, like, don't. <sighs> just don't. But, like, if you're going to do it in the bathroom, can you not do it in the bathroom around the corner from my classroom? Go to the one by the gym. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, go just, into the locker room. Or just don't. go just away. Don't. <laughs> just, just, just go away. So this one I know that you're going to disagree with, but I adore this one. I loved this. When you think you're being a genius by getting me to talk about random things at the beginning or end of class instead of quote-unquote teaching, I'm really allowing it to happen because I don't have enough plan to cover a full class. <laughs> uh, I will, no, I, I do allow it to happen. It's just not, it's not because I'm not planned. Mm-hmm. I just, sometimes I'm like, well, okay, if you don't want to get through the stuff that I need to get through, that's fine with me. Sometimes I was just like, you know what? I also don't want to fucking talk about goddamn comma splices again. I don't know why you didn't learn them three months ago. And here we are again, just doing it over and over and over. Sure, I'll tell you about a trip I took one time. Ask me a question. I'll answer it. Yeah, see, I don't like... I just don't like anyone knowing anything about me, so, like... And that's just me, and so, like, I don't particularly love that, but, like, if a kid wants to try and derail me, I'm, I'm all for it. Because when I was in grade 11, we did that to our, uh, our history teacher, and somebody asked him what the difference between a battleship and a battle cruiser was, uh-huh. um, and we were studying, like, that was the old social, like, grade 11 social, so it was, like, French Revolution all the way through to World War One, and it was, uh-huh. like, just the actual history of it. And, uh, we were in talking about... I don't know, Trafalgar maybe. I have no idea. It doesn't matter. Difference between a battleship and a battlecruiser. And he goes on and on and on for like 65 minutes. And that's how long our classes were. We were like, oh, this is the best. Uh, then when it got time for our midterm, that was literally one of our like long answer questions on our midterm. Was to explain the difference between a battleship and a battlecruiser. Oh, and I was like, oh, we awesome. just got fucked real hard. Because <laughs> I remember awesome. sitting in the exam... And one of my buddies was in front of me, and he opened it up, and he was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. (laughs) And then I opened it up, and I was just like, oh, no. That's such a baller move. It is. So, like, that's when when kids try and derail me, like, that's what I keep in the back of my mind. Yeah, for sure. Like, how could I use this to my advantage and not theirs? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Uh, next one. I can smell you. Everyone can smell you. Please, for the love of God, use deodorant. Oh, yeah. And you know what? doesn't cover up the smell that you have. Whatever the fucking axe body... No, it doesn't cover it up. It makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, brutal. walk through a car wash if you have to. Just do something. Yeah, puberty as hell. Yeah. Uh, next one is just as weird for me as it is for you when we bump into each other in public. Um, I think it used to be more weird for me. Now I definitely make it awkward for the kids. Because I'm good at making it awkward for them. Yeah. I, I've had a few, like, ones where they're like, oh, like, I don't know how to, do I talk to you? Do I say hey? I'm just like, I see you every day. Just say hey. Like, what is your deal? Yeah. <laughs> just a human being. Yeah. Just say hi, wave. And keep on walking. Yeah, like I, <laughs> like, I don't power down at night and sleep on a pull-out bed in my classroom, like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, a lot of us drink, smoke, and sleep around more than you do, and hearing you try to hide it as if it's something we don't know about is richly ironic. Um, I would say that 
teachers, I mean, and, like, I, and it's funny talking to people that have, like, friends as teachers, but, like, not, aren't teachers themselves, they're always surprised at how much, like, their teacher friends drink. Oh, my God. Teachers party so hard. Yeah. And that was just always something I could, like, I'm not a drinker at all. And just, oh, teachers, you know what you want to, Friday, you want to go get a drink? You want to go get a drink? You want to go get a drink? And, like, God. Like, I'll go and, like, hang out or whatever, but that's not my jam to, like, get really drunk with my colleagues. No. And, like, I understand why, intimately, why they want to dull the pain. Yes. But it's just, oh, it's too much, man. Like, I've got some friends that I used to work with at another school, and now only, there's, like, six or seven of us, but only, like, two of them are still at that school that we were all at together. Uh-huh. And so we'll occasionally go to O'Burns on White Ave, and, like, we'll send a, a quick little email, and it'll be, like, you know, lemonade, because that's what we'll call it, just because, you know? Um, and when we talk about stuff, we talk about, like, we'll talk about people, but without using names, because just in case. Yeah. You know, and it's very, like, but that's our space, and we go and we sit, like, you know what, O'Burns, like, in the back, past the bar, um, uh-huh. on the way to the bathroom, we always sit back there, because it, on, at, on a Friday at four o'clock, it's not usually that busy. Um, and we'll laugh, and we'll have a good time, and whatever, but yeah, we definitely, like, we have, we have code for certain things and stuff, but there are nights, like, we'll get there at, like, 4.15, and then it's trying to decide, like, who's leaving their car where, and whose car we're gonna take to the next place, and how everybody's getting home, because it's one of those weeks, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but you, I don't do that with people that I work with now. And you the opportunity, not opportunity, but, like, occasion or happenstance to, like, see former students in a bar... I haven't had that yet. Oh, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, not as much now because, like, I don't go places near where my kids would go. Mm-hmm. But when I worked on the south side, I would see them a lot. And so it's fine until you see them and they're, like, 17 and you're like, wait a minute. I know how old you are. You need to leave. Yeah. I'm not leaving. Um, no way. But now I'm like, I'm just going to go. <laughs> Because I'm not fighting with this anymore. Um, but yeah, it depends. And I, I, it depends. And if it's been long enough since they've been out of school or whatever, like, sometimes I'll have a drink with them. What's the long enough? Like, a couple years. Hmm. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, but like, if, if I'm not gonna not, I'm not gonna stand and, and talk to them and, like, pretend that I'm not at the bar having a drink. Like, do you know what I mean? But oh, like it's, sure. but I'm not, I'm not gonna stay there all night and get super drunk with a 19 year old. Yes. Okay. Understood. Yeah. Understood. But like we can both acknowledge that like we're both in this establishment because we're gonna drink. Yeah. And we're also having a conversation, and I don't have a drink in my hand, so I'm gonna go fix that problem. Like and that's get kind one. of the yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's weird how students like don't they really struggle with the transition from, like, power imbalance to, like, no, we're both, like, adult kind of peers now. It's, it's fine. Like, we can have a regular conversation. Well, I always think it's funny when they can't call me by my They can't call you Megan? No. I know. And that's, like, to me, once they can call me by my first name, that's when that shifts. Mm -hmm. If they can't do it, then I'm like, yeah, we're, we're good for now. Yeah, you're 
you're never gonna be okay. Yeah, <laughs> and it, and it's totally dependent on the chat. It's totally dependent on the kid too. Uh-huh. Right, because sometimes, or I should say, on the student, because they're not all kids. But it's totally dependent on the student, because some of them, like, it was not a problem, and they'll they'll call me, you know, they can call me Megan, like the first time they see me after they graduate, and it's been like three months. And other kids, it's still like, it's years later. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you don't have to call me. You can just call me Megan if you want. Uh-huh. And they're like, yeah, I okay, know. It's just like you get like emails and things like that. They're like. Name is Fowler. Yeah. Name is Star, and I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah. Just call me Kelsey, please. My name is Kelsey. It's yeah. not Miss Dyer. Yeah. Brutal. Um, one of the most valuable lessons I can teach you is to fake looking busy. Oh, oh man, I, yes, a hundred percent. Would you like to know my exam week strategy? I have two. <laughs> Let's hear it. So, if I don't want to do anything on a particular day during exams, um, we have glass in the doors in our classroom, and we have blinds. Mm-hmm. So I'll pull the blinds up and I will write on the glass back at three o'clock or maybe sometimes back at noon if I feel like I should be available for at least part of the day. And then I will just like turn my little lamp on in the corner and I'll like watch a movie on Netflix. Beautiful. And then if I'm, if I'm in the hallway and I found this last semester with my student teacher and I'll do it again this coming semester with the student teacher, uh, if you have a folder of stuff in your hands, people seem to think that you're on your way somewhere and they never stop to ask you anything. Yeah. So those are my, so very much so. I, I, I have adopted that. Very much so. Like, what I always hated is kids who didn't understand that, like, I'm not going to give you shit if it looks like you're doing something. Yeah, like, Just have you... a goddamn pencil in your hand, be typing, have a document open and some fucking words in it. Yeah. Like, Everyone fakes it till they make it. Like, we're, we're doing right now. Like, today, you know, like I said to my kids on Friday, I was like, Kate, guys, you're supposed to be reviewing for your final exam. So, like, that review package that I gave you, have that out. Mm-hmm. And, like, open your notes. And have a pencil in your hand. And I don't care if you're watching an hour's worth of whatever kind of shit on YouTube. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. It looks like you're working. There's literally nothing I can do. It looks like you're working, so I'm going to leave you alone. Uh-huh. And they just... But also, like, fucking review. Like, what are you doing? Ugh. I know. So frustrating. Um, the next one... Uh, one day you're going to come across people who are not getting paid to tolerate you, and all of a sudden life is going to become considerably more difficult. Um, yeah, so I taught a kid who, he was in grade 10 when I taught him, mm-hmm. and I said to him, I said, Alex, when you turn 18 and you go to the bar for the first time, you're going to get punched. <laughs> And he's like, no, I won't. And I was like, yes, you will. 100% you're going to get punched. His birthday was, I think, in, it was in the summertime. It might have been June, July. Anyway, I'd, I'd moved on from that school by the time he graduated. Uh-huh. And he graduated, I think, if I remember, he graduated. Yeah, he would have graduated the year that I was in Ireland. So when I came back, uh, it was a Friday afternoon. I was out with my, like, buddies at O'Burns because it was one of those things. Of course. And uh, as we were leaving, it was like 7 o'clock, because we don't uh, usually stay out all that late. I see this kid. Well, so this is like probably mid-September. 
So I see this kid walking on White Ave. And we made eye contact and he tried to avoid me, but I noticed that he had a black eye. And I was like, nope, this is too good to pass up. And so I was like a real dick about it. And he was with a bunch of kids that like he had gone to school with, so they all knew who I was. And I went up to him and I was like, hey, Alex, how's it going? And he just looked at me and I was like, where'd you get that black eye? And he's like, mumbled something. And I was like, well, I didn't quite hear you. And then one of his buddies was like, he got punched at the bar last week. And I was like, oh, did he? Did he really? And, uh... They kind of all looked at me, and then one of the kids that was with him had been in that class, and he was like, oh, man, he's like, Miss Fowler, you called that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. Ah, children. Yeah. Uh, Two left here. Uh, In my career, the only names I truly remember are the insanely talented kids and the kids who are an absolute clusterfuck. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to remember the people who, like, never caused you problems because they never kept you up at night. No, the ones that you don't think about away from yeah. the school, are you never remember them. You, you'll, re- you'll recognize their faces, but you don't necessarily remember their names. Mm-hmm. Lastly, I encourage my worst kids as, kids as much or more than my favorites because I don't want them back in my class. 100% true. Yeah, you gotta work. You can't just give up on them. No. Because they're just gonna stay there forever and ever. You gotta get them through. And I've also found that, like, those kids that give you lots of shit, when it comes right down to it, at the end of it all, they'll be, like, they'll they'll be more appreciative of the fact that you didn't give up on them Uh than a a kid who's, like, better behaved or smarter or whatever. Oh yeah, and they Absolutely. will they will call, or, like, like needed you less. Yeah, I will I will I will never forget this girl that I taught um the year that I taught junior high and at the end of the year she told me that I was her favorite teacher that she'd ever had, and I was just like you made my life miserable every day. I know. And she's like, yeah, and you didn't give up, and I was just like, that was a fucking test. And in my head, I was like, <laughs> no fucking wonder I'm leaving and going to Ireland. Like, this is yeah. insane. I'm, I'm deadsville. I'm straight up deadsville. Yeah. Oh, kids. Yep. Not really missing it, Megan. <laughs> you know what? It's, uh, I definitely know that, like, over time I would miss it. But, like, I've had years for sure where, like, I could have not gone back to work the following year. Mm-hmm. And done something else for a while. Yeah, it's... It's simultaneously incredibly rewarding and not rewarding at all. <laughs> yes, that is a really good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, on Friday after school, I was meeting some... Well, I went out for dinner with, like... For, like, the blogger meetup, right? As, uh-huh. we, as we called it. And so I didn't go home first because you and I both know I would have, like, gone straight to bed. And then, and then missed it. Um, so I didn't, I didn't go home. So I stayed at work for a while and a couple kids were doing, working on some stuff in my classroom, which was fine. And then they left and then a couple other kids came in and they were just like kind of sitting and chatting or whatever. And then one of the girls wanted to know, she's like, I need your advice. And I was like, okay. And it was about Uh being, it was, no, it was just about being involved in the musical and you know, like Uh what should she do kind of thing. And so we had a conversation about it and. And whatever. And then they left at, like, 5.30, and so then I took off about, I don't know, 10 to 6 or whatever. Um, and it was funny, because I was thinking about that, and, like, the teaching is the easy part of the job, I think. Like, the actual teaching mm-hmm. is not hard. No. 
Like, if you're any good at it, it's not difficult. The hard part is, like, all of the other stuff. But then when you it's get... It's not included in your job description. Yes. And then, but then when you get those moments where, like, those kids are sticking around on a Friday because they, like, you know, they want to get some work done, I'm not going to say no. Right? No. Or I got... they, they trust you as someone that they can go to for advice. Yeah. Like, I got, I got shit I need to do, too, so sure, I can stick around and give you a space to work in. That's fine. Uh-huh. You know, like, things like that. And I find that really, like, that part of the job to me is really good. Uh-huh. Because you have that sort of, you can build those connections with those kids. And then, like, when they're in the musical or they're playing rugby or they're doing whatever, and like, hey, come to our game, come come watch us. Like, they ask you because it matters to them. Yeah. And I like that part of it. Absolutely. If I could get rid of, like, some of the other stuff, though, whew, <laughs> I would do so. Yep, or doodles. Yeah. That's it. That's the end of the list. Um, yeah, I know we've complained a lot about the work bit, but it's like, I, I really like it. I did. Yeah? Yeah. Just not anymore. And that's okay. Yep. Um, do you want to talk about Outlander? We can. We should preface it by saying that we're talking about an episode, two episodes ago. Yeah, so not the so the one that aired what's today the thirteenth. Yeah, so we're talking about the one that aired on the thirtieth. Yes, yes. So by the time you listen to this, by the time you listen to this, there will be uh, another new another new one because it's it's airing like right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, where do you want to start? Well, I'm just curious to know sort of what you thought about all of that. I thought that the episode was really well done because one of the things that we've talked about is like how is this family going to function now because obviously Claire and Bree can they go back and forth but they can be incredibly close yes and sometimes their relationship is fraught and sometimes it's not and they need each other and rely on each other but so we knew like generally what the parameters of that relationship is in their universe right yeah and what's really interesting i just i just had a thought about that too and it sort of dawned on me like they're in their relation and this is sort of based on some stuff that's happened since then but still um what is really interesting to me about their relationship is like it's very typical for a mother-daughter relationship when it's like the when the daughter's the only child Mm -hmm. because they are close and they do get along quite well but they also butt heads yeah, at for sure. many opportunities, because for whatever reason, in most of those situations, the daughter tends to be like closer to her father. Uh huh. And there's that, you know, whether she's like the princess or whatever. And I don't think Brianna ever was. It wasn't in like a daddy's little girl kind of thing. But oh, I totally think it was. But Frank worked very hard to, to like cultivate that. Yeah, to cultivate that because he had to. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for her, like, having lost her father, and then, of course, her mother going away, right, she's left entirely alone. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for her to come back and be with her mother again, you know, highlights some of the difficulties of that relationship, even though she's relieved to be back in the same place as her mother. For sure. And I don't know, like, she waited so long to tell Claire yeah. About what happened with Stephen Bonnet. Yeah. Like, 
can't believe that she didn't trust her mother. I don't know if it's that she didn't trust her. I think she was very embarrassed. I don't know what Claire, if Breeze... I don't know if she would be embarrassed. Like, I think she would go to her mother and be like, this is what's happening. These are my feelings. Like, they they don't avoid sharing feelings and bad experiences with each other. So it was just like, I found it, but but I understand because I, I think what Bree's uh, motivation was is that she just got there. Yeah. Things, like, were going great because, of course, they missed each other so much, and she wasn't just going to fuck that up and just be like, oh, by the way, we have this massive problem yeah. that we need to deal with. So she was just, like, suffering in silence, essentially. Yeah. Which I understand, but it's also like, yes, Brie, in the future, that would be fine. But this is the 1700s, and I'm very concerned about your health right now. Yes, absolutely. What did you think about that whole biz? Well, because I've seen the episode that came after it, I gotta just, like, temper what I say, because you haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, f- like, I-, I get kind of why she stayed quiet about it. Um, and part of it, I think, is she's trying to make sure that she's, like, able to fit in this place and in this time, right? Um, and I think that, like, part of, you know, I think, like, I mean, if you think about the way that, that that reunion happened between, like, or that meeting between her and Jamie, like, it's, like, the next day. Right, 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 right. Right, so she goes through this, like, she, so she, like, finds Roger again and they get, they do the hand fasting, and they sleep together, and then they fight, and then, like, immediately that day, she's raped. Uh-huh. And then, like, the next, the next man she encounters is her father. Like, she's just on this, like... It's a roller coaster, An yeah. absolute roller coaster. And I think part of her silence was just the comfort of being back with her mother mm-hmm. and it, and not wanting to sort of spoil that like fragile bliss really because yeah. like they're they're discovering so much and she's discovering so much and and she's getting to know her father and she you know and seeing and seeing and understanding like this relationship that claire has with jamie and like why it mattered to her to go back and mm-hmm. you know and, and all these kind of things and and then i think she knows kind of deep down that like as soon as she says this thing, she know. I I think she knows that her mom, regardless, is one hundred percent on her side. Yeah, I don't think that's the question. I think it's just like what she doesn't want to do is be a burden. Yes. And I yeah, I can understand her thinking, but it's just yeah, you can empathize. So it's just it's the wrong choice. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I think you're totally right about. Um, that like tentative kind of relationship building that they're doing i thought it was so important that she said to claire i understand why you had to leave mm-hmm. and i understand why you needed to come back to jamie yes yes because like that is validation that claire didn't necessarily need but she has but it now she had to have it yeah 
Well, it's not that she didn't need it, but she never would have asked for it. Yeah, absolutely. Right? But I think knowing that Brianna, like, agrees, you know, and sort of supports that choice. Um, and the other thing, too, and, like, this is a conversation that um, I had the other day with Riva because I found this thing on Screen Rant that was, like, 20 things about Outlander that make no sense. And I'll, and normally you know how I am about, like, continuity and stuff. Mm-hmm. Normally I would have agreed with all 20 of those things if I hadn't read the books. Mm-hmm. But because I've read the books, I know that, like, some of the stuff that they say doesn't make any sense. In fact, does later. It, it does make sense later, or it's just fleshed out better in the book. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're, it's not that they're just inventing, you know, conflict and that sort of thing. Um, but one of the things that, that I think that Reva and I were sort of talking about was just that, like, Brianna, she decided, obviously, to come back to, like, try and save Claire and Jamie. Um, and then, of course, Roger goes back in time as well and follows her. But Claire also kind of left, like, sure, Fr- like, Frank had passed away, yes. But Claire also left um, the 60s with, like, kind of with the understanding that, like, Roger and Brianna had each other. Yeah. And that she was never coming back and was never going to see them again. Yes, but also that, that Brianna and Roger would have this uh-huh. have this bond. And I mean, like, that's maybe a little bit naive on Claire's part, but, it, but she still, it's not like she abandoned her daughter to be, you know, wandering in the... And the, there's no one who knows what the story is with Claire and where she's disappeared to or anything like this, right? right. Like, so at least Brianna has that connection in that person. Uh-huh. Um, and I wonder... I really do wonder if, like, even, like, in the book, the way that it's written or in the show, like, if, if it would have been quite so urgent for Brianna to go back had she not, had her and Roger not had that big fight. hmm Right? Oh, probably, well... Like, I mean, you know, but at the same time, like... I think, yeah, like, you can argue correlation or causation here, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not even sure which side I am on right now because I think it's I think it plays a significant factor to her like I think it's important for her to do something but like but at the the same time like she knows her like she knows that she's never gonna see her mother again like that was sort of that was the impression that she was left with right is that like yeah and Claire was going back 200 years Mm -hmm. and is if Brianna stayed in in her own timeline then you know right then she it was, was never, just, it you're was never going to see her anyway. Yeah. Even if she dies or if she lives till she's 107. Yeah. Yeah. I see, I see, I see. That's all. And, that, and so, so I just wonder if, like, because because Brianna was ultimately, like, left alone. Yeah, and not feeling like anyone yeah. cared for her or she had anyone. Yeah. A little bit more desperate, maybe, than yeah. she would have been feeling otherwise. Yeah, well, it's funny too. One of the things that they said didn't make any sense, and I will give the, I will give the screen around article this, is that it's like why this time, like why two hundred years? Why is that? Why do they always go back that way? And I was like, oh yeah, because in the book, Claire mentions that it always talks the the fairy stories are always about how it was two hundred years, mm-hmm. and they didn't. And I remember they did not reference that at all. No, and that that's just like a one line little throwaway that they probably could have, mm-hmm. and then. It just, it, then, it, I mean, it explains it all the way, ultimately. Yeah, but it's also just one of those details where it's like, well, this is just the world that the story is living in. Like, you need to suspend your disbelief because yeah. it is fiction. 
Like, oh, what do you expect? Yes. Do you expect them to explain every minute detail? No, of course they won't. Well, and I think one of the other ones, too, was, like, why um, Frank and, like, Jack Randall look so much alike when they're not, like, directly blood-related. Have you seen the fucking royal family? Yeah, that was kind of my thought. Um, but I was just like, mm, okay. Um, oh my god. Yeah. That's just like, ugh, that's so not worth even yeah. the argument about. Like, yeah. it's a non-issue. Yeah. It's a non-issue. Um, and when there are major holes in the story that we have discussed many times. Oh, yeah. That one is a non-issue. No, it really is. Yeah, it's absolutely. So one of the things that, that was in that episode then was like a case of mistaken identity. Yeah. Because when Claire, or not Claire, when Brianna sees Roger, um, eventually they end up like kind of a little bit arguing with each other in the street outside the tavern where they are. And Lizzie's inside. And yeah. she doesn't can't hear anything. She just sees what's happening. Um, and she sees Roger, like, kind of pulling at Brianna. Yeah, yanking her. Yes. Why is he always fucking yanking her? Because we've, we don't need to rehash this, but that's I what know, she I'm sees. Sorry. And so mm-hmm. she makes the assumption, of course, that um, Roger is the person who raped Brianna. Yeah. And she does, like, it, Brianna never comes right out and says what happened to her, but, like, Lizzie's not stupid. And... But also, like, Lizzie, Lizzie has... should not be assuming, like, if Brianna doesn't want to fucking tell her, then Lizzie needs to keep her young-ass nose out of it. I agree. I agree, absolutely. Um, but, like, Liz, the assumption that Lizzie makes isn't unfounded. Because she sees this man, this strange man, this strange man to her, anyway, mm-hmm. yank Brianna away, and then Brianna comes back later... And she's bleeding, and, like, so, it's not an unfounded assumption. No, but it's also an assumption. Yes. And so then, in this ep- this last episode that you watched, uh, Lizzie happens to see Roger, because he's, of course, looking for Brianna, and looking for Fraser's Ridge, and whatever. And Lizzie happens to see him, and realizes that this is the man that she thinks has harmed Brianna. Mm-hmm. And in a way he has, but not in the way that Lizzie thinks. No. Um, and so, uh, Jamie just beats the ever-living shit out of Roger. I know. It was very uncomfortable. Yeah, it was a lot. It was very violent. Because, do you think Claire should have told Jamie? Told her what? Or told him what? That what happened to Bree? Yes. Really? Well, yes. Because I don't think that... Yes, I do. And only because, like, again, and it speaks again to that, like, family unit thing. Right? Uh Uh-huh. Um, but I also think that, like, the only reason that I think it maybe coming from her might have, like, you know, would have been better, right? Than um, coming from Brianna? Yes. Or someone else? Yeah, because it, it just puts a little bit of distance in between. Where he, there's an opportunity maybe for him to, like, temper his emotions a little bit. You know? Oh, yeah, he sure did a fucking good job of that. Yeah. Yeah. 
But Ugh, like, these are the types of things that drive me insane in books and movies, like mistaken identity. Or like whenever I watch, um, when I'm watching like um, the um, Cinemasins, and they talk about like the pronoun game. Uh-huh. Right? Where there's, like, j- just enough to, like, to sort of confuse the audience so that you're not 100% sure who's being talked about. So then, you know, it leaves you in the dark just that little bit longer or whatever. I'm like, yeah, that's very true. Uh-huh. A lot of mysteries could be solved by people using names or being more clear in their sentence construction. Um, oh, for sure. And this is, is, in a way, like, this is kind of one of those things, right? Where when Lizzie, like, opens her mouth and says the thing that she says, she doesn't have all the details. She doesn't know she doesn't have them all, but she doesn't have them all, and she shouldn't have fucking said No, anything. she knows she doesn't have them all. She has no idea what happened. Because she was gone all day and all night. Oh, for sure. Like, Brie could have been fucking anywhere. Yeah. Oh, Lizzie. Mm-hmm. But it's that, like, it's, it's like that example, and I think one of the things that I thought was really interesting about how Jamie dealt with it, and then of course had, like, Ian take Roger's, like, barely alive Corpse. body <laughs> away. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to see what happens when you watch, like, this, uh, this week's. Or last week's, rather. Last week's, yeah. Yeah, because there's, there's some interesting things in sort of the way that it was done. Um, but... One of the things that I think that that Jamie's sort of reaction to it and Ian's involvement in it and, and it just sort of reinforces as much as we have this this char- these two characters now these two female characters and Claire and Brianna who are like have been brought up in this very different world where like women actually have a little bit of a voice and and things like that then it, it's just like a really stark reminder of mm-hmm. that the difference that that very like rigid patriarchy in yeah. which they're existing now. It's like, stop taking goddamn actions without consulting me or, like, confirming your information. Yes. Like, Although, oh. I will say, like, in season one or in, in book one, when Claire, like, pulls that knife on Jamie and mm-hmm. says that she's going to cut his heart out if he ever raises his hand to her again, um, he's obeyed her. That's true. Right? So, he, like, and, and, and so in certain situations, like, he he has learned. But this one, like, as much as, as much as, you know, we wish that maybe he would have reacted a little bit differently, like, somebody hurt his daughter. And as far as he knows, that's the person who hurt his daughter. Yeah. And, the, and really the only child that he's ever been able to claim as his own. Yes. Because, of course, yes, with Willie, he can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I mean, I get his reaction. It's it's very violent and very unnecessary, but, like, I, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I think is really interesting is just how quickly this season is going. Because there's so yeah, much shit in this book. we talked about that, too. How it's just, like, they're tackling a lot of information yeah. quickly. Yeah. Which is fine, because I think it's... I think it's important because the books are so dense. Like, there are things that you need to, that are crucial, mm-hmm. but you can't spend so much time on them. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, like, I think three, I think tonight, and then two more, and then it's done. Okay. I think for the season, I think there's only 13. Yeah, it'll end on another cliffhanger. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, if it ends, well, if it ends the way that, like, the book ends, mm-hmm. it's not really a cliffhanger. 
Because no, I always I thought I always thought that the end of the book four could be the end of the series quite well. Yeah. Like just it it kind of tied it all up neatly and, you know, I mean, there's more story to tell obviously, but if you were to end it there, it's still a good ending. It would be fine. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Is there anything else to talk about? Um, 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 I don't think so. Questions? I got lots of questions. Oh, good. Um, did you get any questions? No. It's because you were asking very specifically about Taylor Hall and nobody wants to talk about <laughs> Taylor Hall. I was just trying to be funny and nobody appreciated it. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, Story of my life. Okay, I need to pull these up on my phone. Hang on here. Where did they go? Um, well, we'll put this picture up on our, maybe on our Twitter, perhaps. And you guys can yeah. chime in on this. Uh, I, the picture that I texted you. Mm-hmm. So the first question that we got was from Reva, and it made me chuckle. Um, she's like, between this stuffed owl and this stuffed teddy bear, who would win in a fight? <sighs> it's hard, because they're both relatively the same size I think the owl is a bit too rotund to be an effective flyer okay so I'm gonna give it to the bear I think I think so except that like if it's fighting right now that bear's probably hibernating so the owl just like you know packs it to death <laughs> that the photo is amazing because the bear does look like it's sleeping <laughs> it's pretty good it is pretty pretty good and the um, owls on like amphetamines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So I got that. I got a, a some questions from a friend from work. Mm-hmm. Um. What are you looking forward to in 2019 in terms of releases of TV shows or movies or books or music? What are some things that you are? Oh well, uh, obviously Captain Marvel. That's going to be very cool. Jeez, yep. um, I'm trying to think. Um, and Avengers. I'd like to see and how that all Oh, yeah, ends. Avengers, sure. I was going to say Captain Wonder Woman, but no, not till fucking 2020. Uh, yeah. <sighs> just brutal. Um, oh my god, I'm just going to do a quick Google while you hopefully talk. Well, I would, I'm, I'm, I am excited to see, um... Captain Marvel as well, and also uh, Avengers. I think I'm I'm pretty stoked. I'm pretty stoked to see where the season of Brooklyn Nine Nine goes, like what the plan is and and what they do with it. Uh huh. Um. I oh, am John Wick Three. Yeah, absolutely. Men in Black International. Yes. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw comes out this year. It sure does. And did you know that Idris Elba is their villain? Oh <gasps> no! <laughs> it's gonna be so good. Oh my god! <laughs> I literally just learned that today. I had no idea. This film has been so tight-lipped. I feel. Um, I'm looking forward to Stranger Things. Yeah, of course. The- I really want to see the um, Elton John movie that stars Taron Egerton. Yeah. Rocket Man, because I fucking love him. And I think it'll be good, and I'll love a musical. 
Um, Netflix. What do you got coming in 2019? Oh, The Crown, of course. Mm-hmm. I would. I'm really quite looking forward to seeing um, Glass. The M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, are you? Uh, yeah, because I finally watched Split, and it was fucking great. Um, I wasn't going to watch it because I was like, that looks terrifying. Um, but then I realized when I figured out someone had told me that it was like tied to Unbreakable, I was like, ooh. Mm-hmm. And then when I realized that there was like a third one, I was like, yeah, okay, fine. Fine. Gotta connect all the dots, yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, I would, I'm really looking forward to seeing The Lion King. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's got such a great, such a great, great, great soundtrack. Um, uh, Star Wars, episode nine. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, that's going to be great. Uh, I'm excited for Glow season three. I love Glow. It's an amazing show. Why are they doing 13 Reasons Why season three? I have no idea. Uh, oh, Mindhunter season two. Ooh, there you go. That's gonna be good. Do you know what is not coming out at all, ever, and I'm very sad about it? Another King Arthur movie. I know. I was gonna say pitch, but that would have been maybe a sore spot. Oh, still. So uh, <laughs> it is a sore spot because um, Mark Paul Gosselaar is in a new TV show called The Passage. It's on Fox and it starts like in a couple weeks. And I've read the book that it's based on, and I quite like the book. So like, I'll check it out for sure. I'll check it out. Um, but yesterday, during the football game, whichever one was on Fox, um, he, like, I guess it was the Rams and whoever they were playing, the Cowboys, um, he, like, they cut to him and he, like, did this little, like, interview thing or whatever, and I was like, oh, it's just, like, Mike Lawson in his post-playing days, and I was like, oh, I want that show back so bad. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm just seeing here they've made a movie of uh, the book The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt, and -hmm. if that's anything like the book, it's gonna be fucking bad. Mm -hmm. Guess who's Uh, in it? I'm just even looking on Goodreads, and I don't really recognize a lot of the titles here, so I don't think there's, like, books I'm looking forward to reading this year, but I was just at a friend's house, and she literally gave me ten books. Oh, that's nice. So, I got a lot to read. That's good. What else? What was the other category? Music music. releases? I don't pay any attention to music anymore. All of a sudden, like, there'll be things on Twitter. It's like, hey, this album by this band is coming out. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I just don't... I don't know. Yeah, I'm just gonna glance. Anymore. And it's oh my god, BB Mac. Do you remember BB Mac? Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh my god. They're coming out with a new album. Amazing. Uh really excited for Carly Ray's new shit. Okay. And that's about it for me. Love a good pop tune. Just looking at this list from the evening standard of books. If it will ever load. I feel like it, me trying to load this list has probably fucked up our recording. We'll find out. Um, <laughs> oh, no. No, it's so still... don't do anything good from this point forward. It, it's still running. Don't worry. We're good. I can I can keep an eye on that. It's still working. It's just, you know. Um, yeah, I, the thing, yeah, the thing with books is, like, I'll just go to the bookstore. I'm like, oh, there's new stuff. 
Um, and then if I read something that I really like and I'm like, oh, what else is like this? I'll just find, that's how I find books. Like I don't, I don't pay attention to lists and stuff. I do subscribe to the New York Times, like book calendar that shows up on my Google calendar mm-hmm. and it'll tell me when there's like big releases. And sometimes if it's something that I'm interested in, I'll go check it out. Yeah, I don't really, I'm terrible at like seeing a cover and being like, ooh, that cover speaks to me, which is like the last thing you want to do. Like it's a fucking moral, don't judge a book by its cover. Um, I definitely judge books by their covers. Yeah, like if it's got a Harlequin looking cover, I'm probably not going to get it. Oh, I wanted to tell you, I had taken a screenshot on my library Libby app, because that's where I've been doing reading my books, and there was a title that came up in the Just Added, Yeah. and it's Lady Thousand Treasures, Okay. or Lady of the Thousand Treasures, I don't know, yeah. but I don't know if I was like hungry at the time or what, but I thought it said Lady Thousand Island Dressing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is happening with this title, like... Is there no bar for literature at all anymore? That's funny. So I'm just looking here. There's a sequel. Margaret Atwood has written a sequel to Handmaid's Tale. Oh, great. Called The Testaments, which, uh, hard pass. Um, uh-huh. and there's a book by Edna O'Brien, which I'm sure will be good because she's phenomenal. Um, and I'm just seeing here, there's a book by a guy named Terry Hayes called The Year of the Locust, and it's a sequel to a book of his called I Am Pilgrim, which I really loved. Um, okay. So maybe looking at at books is good. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Everybody's got their own taste. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna yuck anyone's yums. Yeah. Well, and and I mean, yeah. Like I, everyone, and every once in a while, like a, a friend of mine, she works for um, NaNoWriMo, like the National Novel Writing. Uh-huh. And so she's kind of got stuff about books, and every once in a while on her Twitter, I'm like, oh, cool, that looks good. Yeah, thanks for the recommendo. Yeah. Um, Another question I got is, would you rather lose all your old memories or never be able to make new ones again? Uh, Lose all the old ones. Yeah. I've already repressed, like, literally everything, so it doesn't matter. Fair enough. Okay. I think that probably, I think that makes the most sense. Because, like, it it would be really shitty to, like, carry on living and not being able to like absorb anything yeah so does that mean like does that mean let's say that it happened right now we snap our fingers and half the world dies and then you forget everything um Uh, but yeah that would be hell every day so so what what i'm saying is like if you snap your fingers and and it starts right now is it just like a one-time thing where like you forget everything in the past i think so so it's just a shift so like everything that you all the memories you make from that point forward, you you retain them? I think so. Then that's fine. Yeah, I think that's fine, too. Um, I'd really like to erase vice out of my brain. Yeah, well, I don't think that's how things work like that. Sorry. <sighs> and one more question from work is, what kind of writing do you think should be taught in schools? And I'm going to answer for myself, and I know that you'll probably agree with me mostly, not the writing that we teach. No, it is useless. Like, ugh, it's so frustrating. Yeah. Just, like, clear, concise, persuasive writing. Yeah. Like, that's it. 
That's all you really need. Yeah. I just looked up at the TV and already it, somehow it's for nothing. Uh, just before the end of the second. For who? Calgary. Oh, good for them. They're real good. They're doing real good. Um, so that's that. That's all. That's what I got there. I got some questions from Mike. Uh-huh. I feel like there was a question or two possibly on the Twitter. Yeah, I'm looking right now. Can you grab those and I'll do the Mike ones yes. at the end once I find them? I have it. Okay, so... Uh, Kristen asked, would you consider Miles Wood in the same pool as Mark Shifley when it comes to beautiful eyes? So, here's the thing. I thought a lot about this question after I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, to the point that I got distracted from doing other things. Because I was which contemplating happens. an answer. Which happens, of course it does. Yeah. Mark Shifley has beautiful eyes. But that's the best part of his face. I was just going to say. Like, his eyes are spectacular. Yeah. Miles Wood doesn't have, like, his eyes aren't as as pretty, but his face is beautiful. So. It's all, it's all complimentary. Yeah. Like, he's got a little bit of a schnoz, and his face is a little bit wide. Yeah. But it all, it all works. But it all kind of fits together and works pretty well. Yeah. Whereas, like, Mark Shifley uh, has these gorgeous eyes and then a, a, just an awful inability to grow a full beard. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, you know the awful term butterface? Yeah. What would be the term for Mark Shifu, like, but everything? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, just ask opinions on deep fried pickles. 100% yes, all the time. Yes, but as someone who is a pro at deep fried pickles, you have to wait do yes. not bite into them. You will get burned severely. So here's the thing. You must wait. Do you like the be- the deep fried pickle spears or the deep fried pickle slices? Because if you... I like the spears. I like the spears too. But if you get the slices, then they're, they're because they're thinner, they cool down faster. So by the time you right. get them at your table, they're not so hot that you're going to die. Okay, well... And then there's more breading to go with the pickle. Here we go. Learn something new every day. That's all our Twitter questions. Um, okay, so I have three from Mike. Oh, God. How many of them are Jamie Ben related? None. Shockingly. What? I know. Okay. So it's the end times? Mike, are you okay? Let us know. <laughs> Yeah, Mike, we're worried about you, buddy. <laughs> like, I'm thankful, but also I'm worried about you. <laughs> um, so, his first question is, Today is Connor McDavid's 22nd birthday, and he's not at the skills competition. Is he, A, partying, B, resting up, C, at the airport staring longingly at all the people leaving Edmonton? I think he's resting. I saw on Twitter that he was out with his girlfriend at somewhere, like they were driving somewhere Mm. this afternoon, but uh, someone posted a screenshot of him during, like, the post-game scrum yesterday, and he looks like he's got, like, mono. Like, he's just pale and Seriously, what is up with that dude's fucking immune system? I know, it's bad. Yeah. Um... Rough life. One of the question, one of the things that Kelsey wanted to know, she wanted to know if anyone had any questions about Taylor Hall and like where he was. But then we found him on Instagram today, and he was at brunch. He was at brunch. 
have in what look like either like a GMT or a mimosa mojitos maybe mm. there's a lot of like clear liquid and lime happening yeah. so yeah. I'm very jealous but he's he's alive he's good hopefully mm-hmm. um yeah the Connor thing yeah I don't know what it is I it, I think because like they said the other said quite pretty close to when the skills competition started that he wasn't gonna participate because of illness Mm-hmm. And people were mad that they, like, didn't find out about it sooner because they probably wouldn't have gone because they, you know. And I was just like, oh, for the love. Who cares? <sighs> it's for the kids, man. It's for the kids. Um, one more hockey one and then one non-hockey one. Thank God. Okay, it's an FMK. Uh, and the subject is the trade is one for one. So you have Hall for Larson. Everly Strom, or Jonathan Willis, and Kurt Levins, which is, that's really fucking funny. <laughs> oh my god, I don't even know. Oh my god. I think what the are one, you thinking? I think the one that you kill is the Hall for Larson. I think you let it happen, Megan. Actually, you can't I, change the past. Learn from Jay Gatsby. I thought you were gonna say you can't. <laughs> you can't relive the past. And I was gonna. <laughs> if you just said relive the past, I was gonna do the next line. But you fucked it up. God damn it! I know. <laughs> I always fuck it up. I could have had it in front of me, reading it word for word, and I would have fucked it up. Uh, I don't believe that's true. Can't relive the past. Of course you can. Um. <laughs> I. Actually, so, okay. Actually, no, the one that you kill is the Willis for Levins, because Kurt Levins is, has, like, he's, like, a sentient brick. Yeah, he's not good. No, and it's just, ugh, anyway. The only thing he's good at is moving goalposts. True. Yeah. So, yeah, let's kill that one. Um, and I think, you know what, you're probably right, maybe you marry the Hall for Larson, because I think then, yeah... Because he's free and happy. Yeah. And you know what? We've never really taken this tactic before. But maybe we should start considering the people in FMKs. What's good for them? Ooh. Rather than what's good for us. That's a good one. JK, I'm not selfless enough for that. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and then, so I guess we like... Fuck the Everly and Strong one, because no one really cares. Yeah, I don't care at all. I was never really a big fan of Jordan Everly, so eh. Meh. The trade was adequate, so Mm-mm. I guess there's your answer. I don't know. Uh, and the last question. You can only watch films of one director for the next year. Which director do you choose? Oh my god. That's a great question. Because my first answer is like, well, obviously I would just watch Christopher Nolan movies. But then I thought about it and there's nothing happy ever happens in those. No. They're all really good, but... I would say like Patty Jenkins maybe? Or like... You know what? I got a hot take. Oh no. Steven Spielberg. Because they're different enough? Because they're different enough. He's got... there's And there's lots of them. So you're not limiting mm. yourself to, like, numbers either. You don't have to watch the same movie, like, every week or whatever. And there's enough variety in them that, like, you could be entertained. 
You could also do that with like Nancy Myers. Yeah. And just be like fun fluff all the time. But see, I, but do you want, that's the thing, would you want that all the time? Because there's, well, this question is only about movies, because you could get the fun fluff like on TV. True. Right? No, I think I'd have to do, oh God, that's hard. I think you might be right. Because you need, yeah, you need some sort of diversity, right? Yeah. And some of Spielberg's are so depressing and others are not. Well, like, if we just look real quick here, like, at his filmography, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's extensive. Mm-hmm. Right? But we've got things, like, you can watch Jaws. You can watch Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which is really fucking great. I love that movie. You can watch Raiders and E.T., that's true. And the Temple of Doom. You can watch The Color Purple. And The Goonies. No, did he direct yeah. it? Oh, he didn't direct it, so no, you can't watch that one. Sorry. No. Empire of the Sun? Last Crusade? Oh, that's what that was called. Oh, I have a question for you after. Okay, Okay, you can watch Hook and Jurassic Park and The Lost World and Amistad and Saving Private Ryan and AI and Minority Report. Yeah, there's a lot of different ones. Catch Me that's If true. You Can. The Terminal... Munich, like there's lots. As he did uh, of that bad, that bad um, Indiana Jones one. You could watch that if you wanted. Uh, War Horse, Lincoln, Bridge of like he's got enough variety yeah. that I think that would be maybe the best, the best tactic. Mm-hmm. Okay, well I'm not gonna disagree. Cause like who else would it be? If you also took into account the ones that he also executive produced but didn't direct, you have it's a ton. It's a shit ton. Like you can add a, an American Tale, and Who yeah. Framed Roger Rabbit, and The Land Before Fucking Time. Mm-hmm. So like it's got it has to be. Yeah, it's. I think you might be right. I think that's. I think the you choice. might be right. Um. The question that Chris asked me um, on our way to Vice was, um, how would you rank your top three Christian Bale roles? Ooh. Because he's also done a shit ton of stuff. He and has. a shit ton of different stuff. He has. He's wonderful. Um, give me a second. I gotta pull up. While I'm doing that, do you know what I got sucked into watching? What? Was on uh, on the YouTube I found um, like the green light performance of From Now On from Greatest Showman. <gasps> it was so good, like just that little video. I still haven't watched the Greatest Showman. Um, I'll get around to it eventually. Uh, the soundtrack is amazing. I downloaded the soundtrack because of watching that video. I know it makes me sob. It's that video. so great because I would like, and I think like that would be such a fun thing to do to like workshop. A musical. A musical yeah. like that. Oh, God. It would just be like, oh, man. It would just be so, so, so much fun. It would. Um, okay. Christian Bale. So this is just, like, his acting roles. Just his In acting film. roles. In, In film. film. Oh, man. Okay. Hang on here. This is really tough because he's done so much. So he I forgot he was Lori in Little Women. Like, oh, that's oh like the when I God, first was like, film. oh man, yeah, so good. Did you see who the new cast of Little Women? No, for the film. I haven't looked it up. I know Meryl Streep's in it. 
Timothy Chalamet. Is he playing Lori? I'm pretty sure. Uh, hashtag not my Lori. Just done. No, I'm out. What? You don't like Timothy? Not a fan. No. What? But no. Greta Gerwig's directing, I'm pretty sure. Mm, that would explain things, but then still no. Um, Here, can I read you the cast? Yep. Florence Pugh is Amy March, Saoirse Ronan is Joe, Emma Watson is Meg, Timothy Chalamet, Lori, Meryl Streep is Aunt March, um, and other people, Chris Cooper's in it, etc., etc., etc. Oh, Chris Cooper. <laughs> He's a weird guy. Fuck, that's going to be good. Okay. Anyway. Your top three Christian, Christian Bale, Bale acting roles. Acting roles. Okay. So these are not necessarily my favorite movies of his. This is just the role. Because mm-hmm. they're not the same. No, they're definitely not. No. Because my favorite movie of his is The Dark Knight, like, by a country mile, so... Not Newsies, Megan? <laughs> no. Um, I would the say the film about newspapers boys who unionize. I think remember that one. I really okay. So my top three would be in the fighter. I'd put it. I'd say the fighter. I would say, um, three ten to Yuma, and maybe. It's hard. Maybe I'm not there. Oh, really? I really liked him in that. Like, a lot. But if I didn't put that one there, I would say The Machinist, because he was fucking incredible. Mine's very different. That movie was so hard to watch. Oh, for sure. For sure, for sure. But, um, I, yeah, I would, but I don't know what order I, but, like, I, like, yeah, the, like, because I'm looking at this list, and, like, picking your three favorite roles of Christian Bale is kind of like picking, um... Your three favorite Daniel Day-Lewis roles? Because it's knocked out of the park every time. Pretty, like, more or less, yeah. Like, he was yeah. phenomenal in, in American Psycho. I know, that's, see, mine are um, uh, Empire of the Sun. I love that movie. Um, I almost chose Pocahontas. Yeah? Almost, but I didn't. Um, I'm going to choose... Uh, Batman Begins. Okay. And American Hustle. Oh, he was so good in American Hustle. I know, but Chris's list was um, uh, The Dark Knight and uh, American Psycho and then The Fighter. Okay. Isn't that funny that, like, anyone can have a different. Oh, yeah choice yeah like he like he was just like he's like I, i'm just looking here at these like at these movies that he's been in so let's like so let's ignore like newsies and swing kids and those ones right um but why well let's just because let's like, start with little women because that just seems you know he's more of a man yeah like he's less of like an adolescent but like he did that and like pocahontas like that yeah yeah that was good uh portrait of a lady velvet goldmine he was in that Mm-hmm. He did Midsummer Night's Dream and then American Psycho and he was in Shaft and he was in Captain Corelli's Mandolin, which is so fucking bad. God, that movie was terrible. So was Reign of Fire. Uh, yeah. And Equilibrium. Was that the one that... Was Reign of Fire the one that uh, Matthew McConaughey is also in? Yeah, about yeah. dragons? Sure, for sure. 
Did I go see that one in the theaters? Yes, I did. <laughs> My sister did too, so don't feel bad. Um, The New World. Shit, did you... that movie made money. Did you see The New World? Uh, the Terrence Malick one? No, it's... I didn't. It's... I don't like a lot of Terrence Malick's movies. I don't either, but that one's really... Actually, that's a lie. I like probably five of his movies, and he's only made like eight, so... <laughs> <laughs> He, uh, no, that one's good. I, I thought it was really well done. Um, but yeah, like, there's just, he's just made, like, Christian Bale's been just in so many good, like, he's done so many good roles. And, like, The Prestige. I liked him in Rescue Terminator. Rescue Dawn. Have you seen Rescue Dawn? I have. I liked him in Terminator, like, in Terminator Salvation. I thought mm-hmm. he was pretty good there. Um, I thought he was pretty good in The Big Short. Yeah. Like, the thing is, he's good in everything. Yeah. Like, even if the movie is bad. Yeah. He's fucking crushing it. He's, like, he's, in a way, he's kind of like Denzel. In that, even if the movie's not great, his performance is going to be good. What is, uh, other than, um, the, like, confrontations... With him, like having these little bursts of violence, do we know if he's problematic? More I don't than that? think I don't think he is, as far as I know, and I really want to just keep it that way. Yeah, I just don't want to. No. Uh-oh. Yeah, I know, because like I made some comment like on the Golden Globes because he he was really funny in his mm-hmm. speech and like thanking Satan. Didn't he and, thank Satan? Yeah, it was like oh it was amazing. And I made that did. comment, and someone's like, "Yeah, you know, he did this thing," and he like, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm well aware, but I'm literally commenting on a thing that's happening on the television right now. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not just a general statement. Sorry that you're not watching the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. But also, I was just like, Jesus, can't you just like a thing without someone just shitting all over it? No, he can't. Not in the not in the Twitter world. Because like, I'm now I'm looking at like Daniel Day Lewis's filmography oh god we can't do this megan yes we can (laughs) no we can't yes we can oh it's actually like my favorite roles of his are actually not that hard to uh to do i would say it would be uh in last of the mohicans as hawkeye because that's like one of my absolute favorite movies of all time and he's great in it i would say jerry conlon in in the name of the father and i would say bill the butcher in gangs of new york I'd say Gangs of New York, I'd say There Will Be Blood, and I would, of course, say John Proctor. He's so good in that. In The Crucible. He's so good. Yep, yeah, he's stunningly good in that. Okay, well, done, done, done. See, that was that was easier than the Christian Bale one. I know. <laughs> it's because there's less to choose from. Um, <laughs> that's all we have. I don't have any more questions. Do you nope. have any more? No, no, no. Okay, well, that's all we have then for today, so... Um, you can find us on the internet. You can find me on Twitter at Mig14. You can find Kelsey on Twitter at GarbageFirePod. We have an Instagram at GarbageFirePod. And also don't forget about the Gmail, GarbageFirePodcast at gmail.com. And our website, GarbageFirePodcast.com. Um, you can find our stuff on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all. That's it. Look at that As now. always, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in the dumpster. <laughs>